Okay, guys, what is going on? Tuesday, August the 23rd, 2022. Let's try this again. Okay, now I see your comments, and now we're live on Facebook. I have no idea what just happened. My Melon streaming platform just went totally kaput. Uh, I had no video. I saw no comments. So now, now I'm seeing your comments. Ken's, Brennan M., Travi, Travis Allen. Uh, Travis Allen, your comment's showing up, by the way. So I don't know if you got out of Facebook jail or what happened. Cocky Twan, what's up? I don't know if it's this new camera or what is going on, but we should be good. Appreciate you all tuning in. Daddy O says Google hates people. I have no clue what you mean by that, but okay. Joey Guyton, Todd Smith, John Edward, Craig Phillips, what's up, man? What's up? Appreciate you all tuning in. Like I said, guys, I do apologize. Uh, technical issues, just getting the best of us for whatever reason. Um, first 10 minutes got shot. Either way, though, we are rocking and rolling here on this Tuesday. Travis Allen says, we are frozen. Hey, there we go. Anybody else having those issues? Are we frozen? I'll tell you what. I, you know what? One thing I love about you guys, one thing I love about you guys is this. My audience, I, I doubt there's an audience that holds their their entity they tune into more accountable than you guys hold me, and I love that. I love that. Um, if the video's messing up, the audio, anything, you guys let me know for sure. And I appreciate that. Thank y'all so much. Heck, I had Luke RJ yesterday tell me I look like a tomato on the stream. You guys let me know. And like I said, I appreciate that because I don't have a producer. I don't have this guy, that guy behind the scenes. It's all me. It's all me. So I will say this. Many of you have reached out to me and said, Chris, the feed is much better when I tune in on YouTube versus when I tune in on Facebook. or I would say this. If I had a suggestion for your Daily Crow viewing pleasure, I would say that YouTube is probably your best bet. I would say YouTube is probably your best bet. I would say YouTube is probably the best one. Um, it's up to you however you want to tune in, but I would probably say that is your best bet. Um, I can also tell you guys this. We, we are going to play around with the setup with the Daily Crow. I, I don't love the setup we have right now with the background, stuff in the background. The stuff in the background is in focus, and I'm not in focus. And we're going to play around with this for sure. I'm going to be changing up the Daily Crow setup a lot. So to just let you guys know, um, if you see things changing up, that, that's going to be the case with everything else, man. I, I just I, I like the setup. I don't love it. So until I love it, we're going to change things around, switch things up, and get it exactly how I want. Either way, though, you guys continue to rock and roll with the punches. And with that being said, we're taking your questions, your comments, and your calls as well, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on this Tuesday, August the 23rd. 2022. And again, guys, I can't say it enough. I really just do appreciate the fact that you guys, you do tune in, you roll with the punches. Things aren't perfect. The camera might mess up. The audio might mess up. The stream might mess up, but you guys are like, you know what? To hell with it. Hey, we're rocking and rolling with TDC. We're rocking and rolling with TSUS. Guys, a lot of exciting things happening behind the scenes when it comes to the podcast, the Daily Crow, the merchandise, everything with the businessman. I want to give a quick shout out, by the way. I meant to do this yesterday, but I didn't. My guy, Brian Rhodes from Old South Home Decor. I met up with him in Columbia over the weekend, and he made me this. I want to show it off real quick. This might become part of the setup at some point or the background. Check this bad boy out. Custom made, obviously. This is solid. I mean, this thing is solid, right? I want to give a shout out to Brian for this gift for the studio. Absolutely incredible stuff. He can do custom pieces like that, tables. 
uh, charcuterie boards, any type of woodwork you can think of. Brian is a wizard when it comes to woodwork. So if you guys are interested, he's starting his own business, if you will, doing this, Old South Home Decor. Hit me up, DM me if you want any custom pieces, if you like what you just saw, anything with Gamecocks, obviously he can do it. I just wanted to say thank you to Brian, man. That piece is absolutely incredible. I don't know exactly where I'm going to put it yet, but, uh, yeah, awesome stuff, man. Chase, what's up, man? Appreciate you tuning in. Jason Height says it's dragging. Jason, I would highly suggest you tune in on YouTube, my guy. I I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man, YouTube is the spot to tune in. I, I, I just, if I had to suggest where to tune in, I think YouTube has the least amount of issues. YouTube also helps the business the most. I'll be honest with you. It helps the business. I don't make money off Facebook. Like, honestly, if there wasn't such a big Facebook contingent of people, I'd take the Daily Crow off of Facebook. Like, like, and I know some of you Facebook folks probably hate to hear that. Like, that's something that I'm not going to rule out. Like, one day this might be an exclusively YouTube show. Um, because, again, we can monetize YouTube. We can monetize YouTube. We can't monetize Facebook. So I, I, I feel like, I, I will say this, I feel like the, the simulations have been a good gauge on this that people will come to YouTube if the show was exclusively on YouTube. I feel like you guys will come to YouTube because all of our people have been coming to YouTube for the simulations, right? So fa Facebook, again, there, there's no... There's no monetization on Facebook. You don't, you know, I think there's this misconception that like content creators, if you have a, if you have a big following, you make money off social media. You don't, man. You don't. Um, you don't. So <laughs> that's why like you see people out here with a hundred thousand followers, or, like it really doesn't matter. If, if you don't know how to monetize the platform, don't know how to monetize having that following, it means nothing. Uh, anyways, guys, of course, the Daily Crow always, as always, brought to you by our friends over at Carolina Ale House. Check out your local Carolina Ale House. Of course, guys, they got plenty of beer on tap, great food, tons of TVs to watch the Gamecocks and every other sporting event you can think of. Of course, the TSUS Tour rolls on this week. We will be at Carolina Ale House on Woodruff Road in Greenville, South Carolina. Guys, we'd love to have you come on out to that. going to be a really, really good time. Looking forward to it. Um, really excited. Again, another event in Greenville and always feel the love from the Greenville Gamecocks. We'll also be at the Greenville Gamecock Club event next Thursday. Of course, yes, we'll be live for Shane Beamer's presser today. We will have that pulled up at 1.30. I'll be streaming it live right here. So if you guys want to watch, you can stay tuned here and I will have it playing on the screen. We've also got everybody's favorite personality joining us at 12.30 Mark Ryan will join me to talk kind of football. We're also going to have some very lighthearted, fun banter. Um, you know, I, I I will say this first things first. You can think whatever you want about Mark Ryan. I appreciate him bringing me on his airwaves. I, I tell you this, guys, ain't no way in hell I'd be turning down an opportunity to talk about my favorite team on a CBS or ESPN or one of those big-time affiliates. Um, and I would say this, too. You can hate Mark Ryan, but he does what he does for a full-time job. Like, there's a reason he does it, right? He does a good job at producing banter. He does a good job at getting people going, which is what a lot of it is, whether you like it or not. That's what it is, right? Anyways, excited to talk to Mark. I know he's got a lot. And, and the thing with this, too, Mark, believe it or not, is not a Clemson fan. He's not a Clemson guy. He's a Florida guy. So I'm excited to get his take on everything from sort of the outsider national perspective, his thoughts on Carolina football. And again, guys, this is not going to be a normal Tuesday thing, but I just wanted to get Mark on the podcast, get Mark on the show. And he said, you know what, 1230. And I was like, that's right in the middle of the Daily Crow. Let's do it in TDC. 
Uh, again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Next podcast, of course, will drop tomorrow. We're live on the Daily Crow all week long as normal. Really, really good stuff, really exciting stuff. Again, we got the new camera set up today. Um, I've played around with the camera settings, so we should be good. <clears throat> I know last week we were having a lot of issues with the, with the focus, the autofocus, like really playing tricks on us and stuff like that. But we should be good here today now. That shouldn't be as much of an issue. And I'm going to continue to play with the setup, the background. I think uh, messing with the background will help us out a lot because I think what's going on with the camera is you got this stuff way back here. Then you got my face right here. And it's just, it's like, what do I focus on? What do I zoom in on? Whatever. So just, you know, just anyways. Joy's in the journey. Stephanie Lee, yes, more likes. Jimmy Mendio, likes, likes, likes. Give all the likes. You want to support on YouTube? Either Super Chat, Super Stickers, or just like and subscribe. That would also be good. Michael Ray Lynn, going to have to order a Beamer Ball hat. Yes, a T-S-U-S dot store. And I will say this, by Friday, I've changed from Thursday to Friday. But Friday, if you want your merch, by Georgia State. Of course, please continue to order merch after this date. But if you're thinking about when can I order merch and have it by Georgia State, Friday is your date. Friday is your cutoff date. If you do not order your merch by Friday, I cannot guarantee you'll have it by the Georgia State game. So just keep that in mind. TSUS.store. Get your merchandise so you have it for kickoff. My brother, what's going on, my brother? Appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you tuning in, my brother. Uh, Age of Hour says, I can hear 2001 in the distance. I hear you. Carter, what's up? Todd Smith, what's going on? Uh, Travis Allen, Chris, what's the YouTube link? Uh, Travis, go to YouTube and look up the Spurs Up show, my guy. That is the easiest way I can put it. Um, I mean, I guess I could just go pull it up right now. All right, I'll copy paste. I hope hopefully this shows up in the Facebook chat. I don't even know that it will. Yeah, there it is. Okay, there's your YouTube link. Austin War, what's up, man? Appreciate you being it. Also, guys, really excited <clears throat> on the podcast tomorrow. Uh, for our for our interview for that one, I've got my good friend Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports joining me. We're actually going to talk later this afternoon. Of course, just looking at the season, talk about his predictions, talking kind of football, everything in between you can think of. He actually just dropped his bowl projections today, and he's got the Gamecocks in the Gator Bowl taking on Pittsburgh, which I'll tell you, I would take that. <clears throat> I would take that in a heartbeat. You're giving me a Florida bowl game in year two of Shane Beamer? Sign me up. Sign me up. That's a good seven, maybe eight-win season. Guys, how, how if I told you when Shane Beamer was hired after everything that had happened, and I know things change, I know things change, but if you would have told me year two, you're in a Florida Bowl game, I'd said, Golden, I'm Gucci. I'm Gucci with that. I'm Gucci with that. Uh, Billy Thompson, over, under in Vegas, six and a half. Six and a half is where the over, under sits for South Carolina football. So, do with that information what you will. Guys, also in the Big Cock Club Discord, head over to the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel, to be sure your questions are answered there. Uh, Brendan M. asked, are we going till 2.10 today? I I don't know, Brendan, probably not, just because today is a very, very, very busy day. I'll give you an idea, by the way, Brendan. we got to record tomorrow's part, podcast, talking with Brad Crawford at 3.30. Then I've got an interview I'm doing at 5 o'clock. Then we got the simulation at 7. Brendan, when am I supposed to eat during that time? <laughs> I also need to go to the grocery store. Like at some point, that has to happen. So uh, maybe we'll go to 205. Maybe we'll go till 205. I, I, I can't guarantee, guarantee anything, though. Um, Craig Phillips, what's the over and under of Mark calling in and getting pissed? He can't rattle. 
Craig, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I kind of get what you're trying to say, but I don't know that uh, you said what you were trying to say. Either way, though, Mark will be joining us via video. He's not just calling in. So he's not just calling in. Just let me make that clear. Uh, Spermanator says, do you think Kitchens, Freddie Kitchens, would do an interview? Well, Spermanator, he's on the coaching staff, right? He's on the Gamecock staff. So what do you think? <laughs> do you think that's possible? I don't think so. I doubt it. Yeah, Todd Smith, it feels good to be good. Of course, feels good to be good. Uh, O'Brien Funderburg, there's a good chance we could end up with a top 10 recruiting class. That would be incredible. That would be incredible. Rick Foreman says, hey, Chris, don't forget us when you hit the big time. You were on the way, I believe. Rick, I mean, we're all on the way. We're all on the way. It's not just me. It's all of us. Forget about you. We're all doing this together, right? Brendan, hey, when am I going to eat today, Chris? I got class <clears throat> all day till 6.30. Brendan, that sounds like a you problem. Brendan, you should have packed a lunch, my guy. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Um, oh, Craig's talking about Mark Regal, not Mark Ryan, Mark Regal. Okay. Now, listen, I, I whoever wants to call in, call in. I, I'd love to have the banter of the conversation, especially now that 24 hours has passed, right? Like, is there still that same energy and disdain and being upset? It's like, bro, this is, let me make it very clear. This is a pro Dak Joiner show. This show loves Dak Joiner. This show loves to carry on Joiner. Bottom line. Bottom line. In discussion, this show loves to carry on Joiner. So, I, you know, you're, you're not going to call in and say, why do you hate Dak Joiner? The answer is we don't. We like Dak. We love Dak. We're big fans of Dak. Nobody in this show hates Dak. Nobody in this show dislikes Dak. So if that's the angle you're coming from, you're going to be sorely disappointed because it's just that that energy is not going to be reciprocated the way you're hoping it is or the way you're you're thinking it's going to. Um, let's see. AJ says we know that one day Shane Beamer will join your show for an interview. Listen, I, I'd I'd love to get him on here. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, it's it's enough for me. Look, I'll put it this way: it's enough for me to know that I've got the I've got the love and support of Shane Beamer and the coaching staff. Um, it's enough for me, the conversations that I've had with Coach Beamer and the interactions that I've got his blessing and that, you know, he's told me, hey, you're helping South kind of football. We appreciate what you're doing. That's enough for me. I, you know, I, I'd love to get Coach Beamer. I just, again, guys, would it help business-wise? Sure. Sure it would. Of course. Of course it would. But as a fan of South kind of football and a fan of Shane Beamer and the message he's preaching and what he's doing, I just love to get him on the show to help continue to spread the message of what he's preaching and, and what he's selling in regards to Gamecocks football. Because all due respect to all of the other entities out there. They do a fantastic job. There's not another entity out there that can create content and distribute it at the high level that we can. Or at least if they can, they don't do it. Right? I mean, Shane Beamer went on some other shows, some other entities, and you wouldn't have even known it happened. You would not have even known it happened. I'm trying to get Beamer's message out on a national scale, like get everybody to hear it. Not even just Gamecock fans. Bro, a lot of recruits follow us, a lot. Or I get DMs every day from guys like, hey, man, look at my tape, look at my film, get it to Coach Beamer. Like they think that, you know, I'm like forwarding the film to Beamer, which again is a compliment, but – yeah, I mean, if it happens, it happens. If not, 
it is what it is. You know, I, I look at those interviews a little bit differently just because it'd be awesome to have Beamer on, but, you know, it, it doesn't – the answers are going to be pretty pre-canned. The answers are going to be pretty standard, right? They're going to be pretty standard, um, which is fine, which is fine. I don't know that I really want my coach saying anything crazy. Mm, but, anyways, hopefully one day. I'd, I'd love that. I'd love that personally. I really would. I really would. Uh, Travis says, Gary Sewell is down here at the beach. Chris, legend. Hey, love to hear it. Love to hear it, man. Hey, one of the Sewells commented on our, uh, on our Facebook post about the tailgate returning. Said they loved having us and we're happy we were back. I was like, hell yeah, let's go. Folks at Sewell showing love. Love to see it. Uh, let's see. David Garrick, I know Tanner's been invited by Corn Blue several times and declined. May not be just Spurs up. Hashtag Fink needs to get over it. I mean, listen, it is what it is, man. It, it is what it is. I'm, I, I got to be honest with you, though. I'm, I'm done reaching out to USC to try to get interviews. Like, I, I just, I mean, it'd be cool, but I, I'm not really reaching out to, like, Fink or Beamer anymore. If they want to come on, they can hit me up. I, they, I think those guys understand the value my show holds and understand the value of coming on these airwaves. <clears throat> so if they, if they want to partake in that, they can. And if not, it's totally Gucci. We'll, we'll keep it moving and we'll keep succeeding and we'll just keep growing and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And bigger. So it is what it is, man. <laughs> it, it really doesn't affect my, my means of operation. Travis Allen says, Chris, you ever thought about doing a show in Greenwood? What is in Greenwood, Travis? What, like, where would we do it? Where do you want to do it? There's not a Carolina alehouse in Greenwood, obviously. Where would you want to do it? So, all right, guys. It's that time of the show. It's that time. I know some of you said on social media you were going to hit the X button. So now's the time for you to do it if you're going to do so because we got my man Mark Ryan on the show. Mark, what's up, man? Good to see you. What is up, cocky? Man, it is amazing to be joining the Big Cock Club today. Can I get an amen, everybody? What's how up, is man? everybody doing? Dude, I'm doing well, man. There's some Dude, how's the that... upstate treating you, man? It's it's very well. I love it. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, love my new spot. It's an immense upgrade. And I've uh, been downtown a couple of times. And, I mean, love downtown Greenville. So, it's it's been a blast. Yo, man, man. I'm, about, I'm about four You've or five You've been here a couple and... months. I haven't gotten one call yet. Hey, Mark, I'm going to be at this place. Come out and hang with me, man. Is that well, how it goes? I've been. Like, I am persona non grata when it comes to the Gamecock fan base. Is that what's going on? Here? I've, I've been spending as much time yeah, here on the house. Sock drawer, ladies and gentlemen. You hear right. this? He's been cleaning out his sock drawer. <laughs> I've been spending as much time on the road and at Carolina Alehouse locations and just all over the place as I have at my own spot. So, to be fair, but, yes, we definitely need to link up. Again, I'm really close to downtown. And I've been loving it. I've been loving it. Greenville is uh, Greenville's incredible, man. Greenville's incredible. What, what's so funny, by the way, Mark, before we get going, is I had people, and you saw them on social media, said, oh, this will be the part of the show where I tune out when Mark Ryan comes on. And sure enough, the attendees I can see, you know, on my end, the attendees jumped up by about 20. So that, how, how does that work out, Mark? You know, how do those numbers work, my guy? I, I don't get it. I may not be the medicine you want, but I am the medicine you need, Chris Phillips. I am the medicine you need. Well, man, how have you been? How's everything in the radio world? It, it's funny. I, I've got a lot of uh, love and respect for those radio guys. And obviously I, I say this, I appreciate you bringing me on your airwaves, talking Gamecocks, and it really, truly is an honor to have that platform, that opportunity. But uh, 
Yeah, how, how's everything with you guys? The national side, national perspective. I know you got NFL going on preseason, college football around the corner. Uh, how's everything going with the fan upstate? How's the rebrand been, by the way? I feel like we haven't talked about that a lot. Man, the rebrand has been great, if I'm honest with you, man. Uh, in my opinion, CBS Sports Radio is the number one national radio network in the country. Uh, I think you know, Chris, they've asked me to do some things with them. So, um, so that's, been, that's been awesome. It's always like, man, it's always like that, uh, that little kick in the side. I, I think the right, the right pun here is the spur, right? It's that, it's that spur in your side that gets you going. And, and just before this call, the boss in Man- Manhattan asked me to do uh, Saturday on the network, uh, September 3rd, from 6 to 10 p.m. So, man, can you believe it? First college football Saturday of the year. I'll be national 358 stations nationwide from 6 to 10 p.m. We'll be on in Columbia as well. So I appreciate it, man. It's going really, really well. Uh, Our audience is incredibly uh, excited for this coming season, man. Is it just me, Chris? This feels like the first normal season that we've had in a minute. And I realize NIL has changed things a bit. Transfer portal has changed things a bit. But in terms of everything we've been through the last few years with COVID and everything, it feels like this is the first normal feeling season that we have had since 2019. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 110%. I was sitting there with my buddy a couple of weekends ago and, you know, preseason NFL was on and I was like, I've never felt like I was so interested. I mean, I'm not a huge NFL guy to begin with, but I was like, I've never been so interested in watching like a preseason game. And I just told him the same thing you're saying. I was like, it really feels like, you know, we had football in 2020, obviously it was a shell of itself. We had it last year, but it still felt like we were kind of, I don't know if walking on eggshells is the right way to phrase it, but it just felt weird. This year, I agree with you, really feels like, okay, like, we are back, back. Like, we're really back. Like, football as we know it, right? And I think it's because all of the storylines, thank goodness, are on the field and not everything else swirling around, which which is a great thing. Uh, Mark, how long have you been in the Greenville market? How long have you been with a... Three and a half years. Okay. I've been I, here three and a half years now, man. And right. uh, I, I, at last check, let me see, carry the two, drop the one. I've annoyed people on every single one of those days, you know? So it is, it is wonderful to be here. Hey, man, now I got the Clemson fans after me, too, you know? And, and that's how uh, you know. on the show, man. Yes. What's up? I was going to say, that's how you know you're doing something right when both sides hate you. <laughs> that's, that's how you know. Well, I actually think, man, you know, like – as long as a team, as long as somebody is, quote unquote, kept in their proper place, nobody has a problem with them, right? And South Carolina, honestly, when they've been good, right, a lot of people have viewed them as like a, a cute little story, right? It's kind of like the little engine that could. And I know, Chris, you're not a cute little story kind of guy. You don't like cute little stories. You know, you don't make a quiet entrance, Chris. I've seen some of your merch. Right. You, like you want everybody to know that you're there and you're tired of being the cute little story. And I'm here to tell you what Beamer is doing on the recruiting t- trail right now is making Clemson fans uncomfortable. It's making them uncomfortable. You're number 16. They're number eight in the recruiting rankings. You know, they prefer it a lot more when they're number three and you're number 29. You know what I'm saying? 16 and eight is, is really something. And at this point, and I, this is what I've said to Clemson fans and South Carolina fans. I said, man, if, if South Carolina had been doing what Clemson was, Clemson fans would hate me. They'd think I'm a Gamecock homer, right? And I just preach the truth, man. And it is impossible not to be so impressed with what Shane Beamer is doing right now. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. You know, whether it's climate or culture, who the hell cares? It's success, man. 
drink it in. Doesn't it taste delicious? You gotta be you gotta be blown away by what he's doing, uh, Chris. And I couldn't be more impressed um, with the climate change, the culture change, the buy-in. You're listening to J.C. Horn's comments the other day. Look, I'm not there anymore, but the guys. Little dig at Muschamp, by the way. Did you hear it? He's like, I thought that I'm was not surprising. there anymore. I thought that but was the guys really who surprising. are there are like, it's yeah. totally different, right? Yeah. I thought that was really surprising and spoke volumes because I think J.C., you know, he, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it felt like he and Israel Mukwamu were like, they were not happy with the way things went down, the fact South Carolina made a change. So to hear him say that, you got to think J.C. Horn is very impressed as well. And, and I would make this point, by the way, Mark, you know, you doing what you do. And I tell him all the time, like, Mark is a Gators guy. He's not a Clemson guy. He's a Florida fan, Florida alum. But for you and, and, and for your market and everything you do, like, you want both Carolina and Clemson to be good and the rivalry to be healthy because that's going to get both sides tuning into your show, not just one side where it's like South Carolina, the rivalry has been so uncompetitive. It's just like, well, you know, I'm not even, I don't even want to hear anything. Don't want to listen. It's great when both sides are good. They're going to head to head one, you know, winning back and forth. Like that's what you would prefer. Well, Chris, I want to put something to bed for once and for all here, okay? I'm going to turn the camera around. I'm in my place. Here's okay. what's hanging up in my place, okay? You ready? Here we go. You see that? Oh, yeah, the swamp. The swamp. Is that Death Valley? No, it isn't, <laughs> right? That's not Death Valley, is it not, right? It's not Death Valley. So, no, that is, that's my alma mater, man. And you and I, you were on my show, Chris, and I know you took heat for this. A team, there are prerequisites for something being a rivalry. You got to win once every 10 years right. for, for a rivalry to be a rivalry. Otherwise, it's just an ass whooping. It's a beatdown, right? right? You're not a rival of Clemson. You're, you're getting bullied by Clemson. And Clemson fans got mad at me for saying that. They're like, have you seen the hate? There's no doubt the hate is there. I hate somebody who bullied me when I was a kid growing up, right? But you got to do, you got to meet certain standards for something to be a rivalry. And there's pressure on South Carolina now because according to my standard, they have lost seven in a row. They've got to win one time in 10 years. Uh, so they've got three chances before this ceases being a rivalry. Don't worry if the winning streak were to get to 12, 13 games. All you got to do is win one, and then you got a rivalry for the next nine or 10 years. But, Chris, you came on my show and you agreed with me on that. Yeah, I mean, listen, from the fan side, fans will always take it personally. and have, But, like, too, when you look at games and you look like – I don't look at, and I guess it would count as a rivalry, like Georgia-Georgia Tech feels like a domination, although Tech has won a game within the last decade. But there's some others out there. Yeah, if, if you don't win in 10 years, like when you're talking the greatest rivalries in college football, you just can't label it there. Like, like amongst fans maybe, but like just as a whole, you gotta, you, it's got to go back and forth. That's what makes – South Carolina Vanderbilt's not a rivalry, right? Because Carolina beats them every single year. It's not, you know, like, you don't hate somebody that you beat every year, right? That Spurrier used to say that. He's like, oh, we love those guys. We don't hate them a lot at all because we beat them every year, you know, or they don't hate us because they beat us every year. Because I think they asked him, you know, do you feel like Georgia's a rival or this team's a rival? He's like, well, we haven't beat them enough. We haven't beat them a lot to really call ourselves their rival. You know what I mean? So um, I, I get the point where you're coming from. And I do agree with you. Yeah, I think if you don't win within the course of a decade, I don't think you can flaunt the thing around as counter Clemson's the best rivalry. It's like, 
they've dominated you, man. You, you got to beat them at some point. Um, I, I'm curious, Mark. Let's move to on field for South Carolina. Spencer Rattler been the talking point of the preseason. Got a got a lot of love and hype and praise at SEC Media Days, I thought, but you don't see him on any all conference teams and. It's a mixed bag of reviews with him, right? It's some people think Spencer Rattler's prime for this breakout season. Some people think he's a bum. He's overrated. Again, you're not a Clemson guy. You're not a South Carolina guy. You are a neutral national type party, which I appreciate and like. Your overall thoughts on Spencer Rattler going into this season, what do you think about him? Do you think he's that that Heisman favorite first-round NFL draft pick guy? Do you think he's overrated prime for disappointment somewhere in the middle. How do you sit? Where do you fall on uh, on Spencer Rattler for South Carolina? You know, isn't it interesting? Both South Carolina and Clemson have five-star quarterbacks that many people don't think much of. Isn't, isn't, isn't that something? I happen to believe, Chris, that South Carolina's quarterback quarterback room is a lot better than Clemson's quarterback room at this particular juncture, you know? And my belief is that coming to Columbia is the best move possible for Spencer Rattler, you know? You think about the pressure that was under him in Oklahoma. You think about, um, you know, how the perception of him was when he was pulled as the starter. That wasn't supposed to be the case with him. A year ago, Chris, one year ago, ESPN.com ranked him as the number one player in college football. A year ago. So, I mean, think about that for a moment, right? There, was a number, there were a number of years where South Carolina was left taking people's scraps, right? Um, you know, there was uh, South Carolina message board posters saying, I'm tired of being a fan of three-star you, right? So think about that for a minute, right? Mm-hmm. Think about that. I mean, those were Gamecock fans saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of being three-star you. You got the most talented quarterback on campus that you've ever had. That's not to say he's going to be the best quarterback, but I think this is the best situation for him. He is getting a lot of love in Columbia. He is getting a lot of support in Columbia. And I don't think Spencer Rattler could have made a better decision for himself than going to Columbia and playing for his former coach, Shane Beamer, for the South Carolina Gamecocks. And you look at the way that Shane Beamer, you mentioned the recruiting side of things, right? I think what's so interesting, the way he's attacked things, especially going into this year in the transfer portal, right? I mean, you look at the amount of guys they added out of the portal. It's not just Rattler, Stogner, obviously his buddy from Oklahoma, Antoine Wells at receiver, Corey Rucker at receiver on the defensive side, Terrell Dawkins, Damani Reed. Your thoughts on the way Beamer has attacked the transfer portal in a way that, you know, I'm not sure that the coach in the upstate has really embraced, at least early on didn't, and it feels like Shane Beamer was able to take advantage and, and what normally would be, hey, let's wait till year three, four, five. This is not your typical year two when you go into the portal and pulling like the type of guys they pulled in. Well, and, and you know what? Like we we have evidence, Chris, dating back to last year. Mel Tucker, Michigan State, his roster had more holes than Swiss cheese. They began the roster. They began the year outside the top twenty-five. They finished in the top ten. How? He added twenty guys via the transfer portal. You know, it is. I agree with Dabo in terms of how I feel about how the transfer portal is being instituted. I hate it. But if, if you don't do that deal with the devil, you're not going to have the depth and you're not going to win at the highest level, right? And Shane Beamer, I think, is using the transfer portal admirably. I think the transfer portal should be used to fill roster gaps, right, to fill roster holes. And recruiting should be, you know, your, your regular class should be your lifeblood. And I think he's doing that. And I want to share this with you, Chris. Um, you know, Shane Beamer, right? We've all talked about the blue chip ratio and what that means. And, 
to bring your audience into it um, in the modern era, any team that has won a national championship over a four-year period, at least 50% of their recruits were four- and five-star players. Well, South Carolina hasn't been close to that number. But I, I went back and I did a study and I looked at Spurrier's heyday, 2010 to 2014, Chris, right? That was his heyday. South Carolina was 9-5, and 11-2, and 11-2, and 11-2, and, and 7-6, and 2010 to 2014. Um, Spurrier's average class during that stretch was ranked number 21. His blue-chip ratio was 29%. Okay, you throw out the first year a new coach is brought on. Muschamp's years were 2017 to 2020. His blue chip ratio was 31 percent. So Spurrier 29 percent, Muschamp 31 percent. You throw out 2021 for Beamer, as you know and I know, what he took over was a dumpster fire of biblical proportion. His blue chip ratio right now, brother, is 39 percent. Okay, his blue chip ratio this year is 48 percent. The highest class since Spurrier's heyday. Spurrier's class was ranked 15th in 2012. Beamer's class is ranked 16th in August. Greatest number of blue chip players. Um, Will Moschamp had nine twice. Spurrier had 10 twice. Beamer's got nine in August. I mean, folks, like, look, if you don't know, you better ask somebody because he, there's a ton of momentum uh, and you like that. You like that, don't you, Chris? Do. You like that. There's a ton of momentum in Columbia right now, man. And you got to be excited about this if you're a Gamecock fan. It's tremendously exciting. When you consider blue chip ratio-wise, he is getting into homes now that both Spurrier and Muschamp couldn't get into. The magnitude of them, the volume of them, it's incredible. Yeah, for sure. Again, I, I am a believer in blue chip ratio. I feel like a lot of folks, they, they shy away from it because it is a very, like, it makes you look at your program honestly because if you're not hitting that number, Mark, like you're saying, and you can say stars don't matter, but they do. You know, like the stats say they do. Bottom line, they're not everything, but they do matter over the long haul, over the course of three, four, five, six recruiting classes, the way your program's stacked up, they do matter. And I've told people before on this show that, uh, you know, people ask, what does Shane Beamer have to do, this, that, whatever, to, to win an SEC championship? And I've just said simply, if four or five years from now, three, four years, whatever, however, however many years from now, South Carolina is hoisting the trophy in Atlanta, it will be a direct correlation of we will look back and say recruiting changed. I, that's it. Recruiting changed. It just flat out it did. So the blue chip ratio, like you're mentioning, if South Carolina can get that 50% or greater mark, I mean, I agree with you, man. It's, it's, it's unbelievable, really, when you think about it. It's crazy to think what Spurrier did with 29% blue chip ratio. And they still won 11 games. So imagine if you do get to that 50% mark, you know, the sky's the limit, obviously, and the stats prove that and, and show that as well. Mark, you, you've gone on record. I know you guys ran a poll on your side. You've gone on record. You've said that, and, and I know we, we talked about this a lot, eight and four, that's the standard, that's the expectation for this season for a successful year, correct? Um, we posted a poll, and it, it, there was a tremendous response to the poll. And the Gamecock fans in our area, by a wide margin, said that eight and four is the mark of success. And you can understand why. Without Spencer Rattler, you want to get better every year, right? You went six and six a year ago in the regular season. Seven and five would be an improvement. Oh, now you're telling me I got the most talented quarterback who's ever stepped on campus, right? I got a manageable non-conference schedule. So naturally, people would say eight and four. And you know what, Chris? Um, The beauty of college football is that you get to call out guys like me when you beat the Florida Gators. The beauty of college football is you ha- it's, it's a good thing 
to have high expectations, man. Yeah. I, I think it is so lame and so sad when people say, no, 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 we're only the Gamecocks. We should only expect to have, man, screw that. Embrace the expectations, brother. Embrace them. That's how your, that's how your program is going to grow. So yeah, eight and four is the expectation for success. I wouldn't say seven and five is a failure. But I would say seven and five is not a success. Uh, I would say six and six would be a disappointment. And I would say five and seven would be a failure. But I believe, Chris, your worst case scenario this year is five and seven. I believe your best case scenario is nine and three. And waiter, I'll have one of what he's having for thinking that the Gamecocks have a better chance to beat Clemson than they do A&M. Oh, yeah. I, I know I've caught flag for that all over social media. We'll get in that in just a second. But... I will say this, though, Mark, and I don't totally disagree with you, uh, the worst case, best case. I've got best case, realistic best case, eight and four. I could maybe see nine and three. Hey, if you want to go nine and three, got to beat Arkansas. I'll give you that. Um, and well, I nine and three, Chris, nine and three would mean that you've won um, every winnable game on your you, schedule. You've, and that's, you know? that's why, for me, like, you've won every swing game. And it's just like, I don't know that that's really realistic. I mean, I've just, I, we've all watched South kind of football long enough. But again, that, that's that attitude coming out. And that's what Shane Beamer is trying to eliminate. You know, it's, it's funny, man, because again, I, I, I interact with our fan base every single day. And it's like Gamecock fans, they expect bad things to happen after good things. <laughs> you know, we'll win a big game. They will expect the letdown. It's coming. When's the letdown coming? But it's coming. Last year after beating Florida and then going to Missouri. You lose to Mizzou in just baffling fashion. It was like, that's it. That's South Carolina football to a T right there. And so that's what Beamer's trying to get rid of is that thought process. Do you believe Gamecock fans are now, are now entering that zone, Chris, where they're daring to believe just a little bit? You know, the embarrassment so. yeah. of, the, of the former president and what he said at commencement, all the losing under Muschamp, uh, how, you know, yeah. Clemson fans have delighted on just crapping on you every chance they get. Do you think Gamecock fans are at the point now where they're wh – is it safe to believe? Is it safe to come out of our shell just a wee bit? Dare we believe right now? Because you know what, brother? When you do, when you step out of that shell, when you come out of your uh, grizzly bear hibernation bunker, you're going to realize the future's so bright you need the damn cool shades that Mark Stoops is making fun of. Okay? You do. You need those bad boys, man. The future's so bright for you guys, man. Just believe for a minute. Have the expectations, man. Right? Yeah, I, I if do. You've always, if yeah. you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. Yeah. And Beamer is doing something that no one else has done before. Yeah. Okay? Not Spurrier. And that was the height of the program. 29% blue chip ratio. Not Muschamp. What's the one thing he could do? Couldn't coach out of a paper bag. Could recruit, right? Beamer is rallying the troops, is having the sum equal be greater than the individual parts, right? Is putting the entire thing together and, and having the one-for-all team mentality, and he's succeeding at that. And now he's hitting the 39% blue-chip ratio. Dude, he won. He beat North Carolina in a bowl game with the Island of Misfit Toys at quarterback last year. Okay? Think about that for a minute. And I, I will say this to your point, Mark, because I've talked to uh, J.C. Sherbert of, of the Big Spur about this in regards to this. This is a scarred fan base. Like you mentioned, I mean, we've talked about it before in your airwaves. It is like wild when you think about it. 
South Carolina fans have already endured over 100 years of practically mediocrity. Just call it for what it is when it comes to the history of South Carolina football. They've sat through 1-10. They've sat through 0-11. 1-21, a 21-game losing streak. They've sat through the up and downs. They've sat through losing to Clemson. Then recently you pile on, like you mentioned, things that are just completely out of your control. The president debacle. Muschamp debacle. And so now you get to a point, and again, J.C. Sherwood made this point, he said, are we not giving enough hype to this team because we're so scarred? You know, it's like that person that's been in so many toxic relationships and they finally find a good person, a good, healthy relationship, and they don't know how to act. They're like, they don't know, you know what I mean? You're you're scared to dive in. But to your point, because if this was any other football team, like you mentioned, offense, I mean, there are, I tell people this, Mark, there are chicken curse pessimistic views on this season. There's a way to look at it that that way. There's the garnet glasses optimistic view, and then there's the realistic view, which is where I try to fall. But looking at it from the garnet glasses side, Spencer Rattler, an O-line with 129 career starts. Josh Van is back. Antoine Wells, FCS record-setting receiver. You added Corey Rucker, who's on Corey Rucker, who's on the Belitnikoff Award watch list. Austin Stogner, who's an all-conference player. Jaheim Bell, who could be an all-conference player. You know, you've got Marshawn Lloyd, five-star running back. Christian Bill Smith, who led Wake Forest in rushing. Defensively, all Clayton White did was overachieve with, again, the land of misfit toys. You're more talented and better this year. So there are reasons, I agree with you, there are many, many reasons to be excited. And I tell people this, I'm excited coming into every year. But what's so fun about this year, Mark, is last year at this time, we were excited for off-field reasons, right? Hey, thank God Will Muschamp's not the head coach anymore, right? There's a change. It's just something different. I'm excited for game day again. But this year, what's exciting, there are real on-field reasons to be hyped. Like, there really are. And I'm not saying South Carolina's going to win 10, 11, 12 games, anything crazy like that. But this should be a fun season. It should. And 8-4 and would be a fun year for South Carolina. For, For a fan base that for so long, you know, after enduring the Muschamp era, is looking just for a fun football season. You know what I mean? Just a fun year, winning some fun games, upset a couple people here and there, maybe beat the rival even. You know what I mean? So um, I, I do agree with you. It's funny, though. There, there are people, I feel like we're, we're kind of all collectively trying to let ourselves, like you mentioned, believe that we're on the cusp of that. And I will say, though, on that note, and I love it. I agree with you, man. I love the hype. I love the expectations. I loved SEC Media Days. Like, bring it on. We want the hype. Pressure makes diamonds. Pressure's a privilege. There is pressure on South Carolina, though, I think, Mark, because when are you going to have a Spencer Rattler again? I mean, I love all the guys they're recruiting, but it's like, if you go six and six, I've said this, you know, early in the Beamer era, it's year two, man. I think you have to keep in mind it's year two. So as long as early on in his tenure, you're making bowl games, you're going to postseasons, you know, you, you can attract the recruits you need. It's not going to destroy your program if you, if you happen to fall to a 6-6 six and six record. But I just think there's pressure to get the most out of the talent you brought on campus. You know, it's like you brought Spencer Rattler. You worked so hard to get him. It's just going to be, in my opinion, a damn shame if you can't win more than six games with a guy like that. After, like you mentioned, the transitive property doesn't work in college football, but it's like you won seven games with that mess under center last year, and now you've got the golden child. Like, you got to pan out. That that has to work out this year. Oh, 100%. Again, Chris, eight and four is success. Yeah. Seven and five um... – Seven and five is a, a mild step forward, but it doesn't meet the definition of success. Six and six is a disappointment, right. and five and seven is a failure. 
And that's where you are. You have a very clear definition. And the other thing, Chris, is it's important, man, to enjoy the journey in life, right? Like how many people do you know? They work 70 hours a week. They make 200K a year. And they're they're hell-bent on retiring at 50. They're not enjoying the journey. Then they have a heart attack at 52. And you're like, wait a minute. You didn't enjoy the journey, man. You know, like you need to enjoy the journey in life, man. And it's okay to have expectations. It's okay to crawl before you can walk. And I promise you, I promise you, there's a faction of Clemson fans who you're getting their attention with what you're doing right now. You know, like it's, whoa, 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 you're 16th, we're 8th. We're a little uncomfortable with how close you are to us in the standings, right? The proof that South Carolina can win a national championship is that Clemson's won a national championship. What you got to do, because there isn't an overload of high school talent in this state, is you have to learn to recruit regionally, okay? You have to learn to recruit regionally. You have to claim a certain area. And when you look at where these recruits are coming from and where Shane Beamer is getting, um, you know, commitments from, and most importantly, who those players are choosing the Gamecocks over, choosing the Gamecocks over Florida, over Georgia, over Alabama, over Clemson. That's when you know, when you look at that list of other offers that a recruit has and you see where Beamer's pulling them from, that's where you can be impressed, man. I got to mention one thing to you. When is South Carolina going to stop sleeping with the enemy in terms of bringing back coaches that coached on the, on the bad side? You know, I'm, when, when are you going to stop doing we're that? assuming we're going to the baseball like side You said of this. I saw you say this. Hey, Monty Lee, welcome. No, Monty Lee, get the hell out of here. You Monty know, Lee was Clemson a game doesn't do first. Monty Lee was Clemson a game doesn't do first. that with you guys. Monty Stop Lee doing was that. a game You're better first. than that. Stop going back to the girl that cheated on you, man. You're better <laughs> than that, man. It's not good for the rivalry, and you know I'm right. All right, you know but I'm right. Monty, but Monty Lee was a Gamecock first, so actually, he was an assistant Clemson, coach right, twenty he years was ago. A ga- he was a Gamecock first. Am I right or am I wrong? He was an assistant coach twenty years ago. I got to tell you this, Chris. I had Darian Rencher on my show, running back at Clemson. And I said, man, what do you make of uh, all these, like, Clemson baseball players transferring to South Carolina? I said, like, what would that look like on the other end, Clemson taking on South Carolina football players? And he cut me off, Chris. He said, it would never happen. I said, why would it never happen? Why would it never happen? He goes, because Dabo would never do that. And Chris, it, it's, it's not a healthy thing for the rivalry, when like you welcome with open arms somebody who's been on the side of the of the enemy and i want i want you to realize that my brother i want i want you to realize that and come see the light because when you do it's beautiful out there for you chris it really is monty lee should have no spot on the gamecocks that door works one way it worked one way with tavian feaster it's working one way now it's working one way with the baseball players who transferred to south carolina when are you guys going to stop going back to the girl that cheated on you? Stop doing it. To be fair, Brad Scott is on Clemson's staff. You do know that, correct? And he was course, the head coach Chris. at South Carolina, yes. Okay, so I just wanted to throw that out there that it has happened before. I, I, you know, listen, I'm not a Mark Kingston guy. We all know this. The taking the players, it's weird. It's weird. There's no other way to put it. It's just weird. It's very weird. And we're not even talking about, like, stud all-stars. Like, a couple of them are, like, 200 hitters. I, listen, the way Kingston's going about things, I, I – but the one – if I had to pick – like, I, I can live with Monty Lee. I, I don't even blame Monty Lee for taking the Clemson head coaching job. Like, he wanted to be a head coach. He would have – I would – I think he would have been silly not to take it. 
I, I do. Like back when he was at College Charleston, I, like I just my vantage point with Monty Lee. I played with a lot of guys that were recruited by him when he was at South Carolina. They played for him at CFC. I like Monty Lee. I think it's a plus addition. I, I like it. I, it, I, I know it's, see, it's weird. It, it is weird. To, it it goes, is weird though. It goes back, Chris, to our conversation about standards. Right? It's okay to have standards. It's okay to have expectations. Right, right. This is this is part of that. You know, Clemson is not really taking South Carolina's leftovers. South Carolina is taking Clemson's leftovers. And I'm saying you're good enough, you're smart enough, and doggone it, people like you, and you guys don't need to be doing that anymore. You don't need to be taking Clemson's baseball players. You don't need to be taking Clemson's ex-baseball coach. Mm. You don't need to be doing any of that stuff, okay? It's not good for the rivalry. Clemson's not doing it with you guys on the other end. So, um, you know, that's kind of how I feel about that, man. Well, Mark, keep the standards high, man. Keep the standards high. Uh, your yeah. ceiling. What did, what did Jordan say, Chris? The ceiling is the roof, right? Something like that, yeah. No, to your point, Mark, the reason I, I love you, my guy, is because you're willing to say that because from the fan side of things, it's just blindly support whoever's wearing the garnet and black. Don't say anything negative about it. And, I, and I'm not saying anything negative about Dylan Brewer or Jonathan French or Ricky Williams. Hey, I hope they come here and ball out and, you know, they beat Clemson. But – I would agree with you. I, I like the Lee edition. As far as the players, I would agree with you. I don't like making a habit of that, and it's weird. I mean, I remember when it happened. I posted a video of, like, how, like I, I, I felt like I was surprised the reaction wasn't more negative. Like, like truly, I was like, I was like, does, it just kind of goes to show where the baseball rivalry is. Like, like, what is, like, what is wrong? Like, because I was just thinking about Ray Tanner and back when Monty Lee was an assistant, like, I was like, this would have never happened. Like, this is the weirdest. So I, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you in the sense, like, I don't love it. I, I really don't. And especially when the guys are, like, average players. Like, there are other guys you can go get. I So I'm on your side, I think. I mean, I'm not going to trash the guys on the current roster, but I'm I'm certainly not sitting here saying, like, go – scout Clemson's roster for players. I'm I'm not a huge fan of it. I, I just but I, I that's why I like you though because you're willing to say that where most are not. Most are not because like why are you coming after the kids? It's not coming after the kids just as a whole in the grand scheme of things, it's a weird vibe. It's just a weird No it mood. is and, and, and Chris if like, you go back to Tavian Feaster, you know, I, I guarantee you if he could go back and do that again, and I said yeah. this at the time He'd never go to South Carolina because not, then what happens is, Chris. He's not loved by either side. He's not embraced right. by either side. Neither side claims him. Right. Neither side claims right. him when you do that, right? Like, if you have a chance to finish your career on one side of the rivalry, you do that. And you know what? Uh, Chris, I believe you're a Braves fan. Freddie Freeman ruined it for himself, yeah. right? Because he had a chance to finish his career with the Braves, chose to go somewhere else. We historically remember the one-team guy's the fondest and we strike from our memory those who play on both sides of a rivalry you know I don't remember Johnny Damon being a Yankee because I remembered him you know destroying the Yankees on the Red Sox I I don't remember him being a Yankee right so it's it it works the same way you can't go on both sides of the rivalry man stop hiring Monty Lee stop taking Clemson's players you guys are better than that you're South freaking Carolina man you're better than that, especially right? on the so diamond. Start believing that, especially on the diamond. I mean, that, and that's the thing though that that program, South Carolina baseball, has those high standards and expectations. Listen, man, I, I hear you. I talked to now most of the guys, the former players, they love Monty Lee, so they loved him coming back. But as far as the players are concerned, 
Yeah, it's, I mean, listen, man, I'm not a Mark Kingston guy. You know this, you know this. So uh, you mentioned, by the way, going back to the football side, you mentioned the Mark Stoops-Beamer thing. What are your what are your thoughts on that with Stoops? And then Stoops walking it back, saying, I didn't say anything. And, of course, we got we got video of Shane Beamer at Steel Hands at uh, the event they had over the weekend saying that, you know, our, our climate is hot, but our culture is a hell of a lot hotter. What do you think about this back and forth with Stoops and Beamer? Oh, man, I would love to be at a lunch table with those two, wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be great, man? Oh, let's, yeah. let's you and me, Chris, go have a brew with those two guys, right? Let's, let's, let's hash this out. Okay, first of all, let's establish Stoops was 100% talking about Beamer, okay? Oh. Stoops is mad at everybody right now. You know? like, like, Stoops, somebody pissed in, in Stoops' Frosted Flakes, man. I, I don't know who it was, but it, it really is entertaining. Um, you know what this tells me is that he realizes the Gamecocks are a threat. You don't, you don't speak up, um, Chris, about somebody who isn't a threat. A lion doesn't concern himself with the opinion of sheep. So he is now recognizing Beamer as a threat. And so he's speaking out against him. He wants South Carolina to remain that cute little story that we talked about at the beginning of this. And now that they're rising above that, who knows, man, maybe Beamer beat him out for somebody behind the scenes. You know, uh, maybe he's got a better sales pitch. And he's realizing, well, we have worked so hard to get to the point where we are, Kentucky, I'm speaking for him right now, we are the number two seed in the SEC East. We've worked so hard to get this. And now we've got this uh, young upstart in Columbia who's stealing our recruits, who's like got the flash and the social media profile. And look, man, you know, like the thing with Beamer is I think he's got the substance and the style. You know, it's one thing when a guy has the style and not the substance. You, you know, you look at Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech. There was a lot of energy for what he might do there. Now it's year three. It's flat as hell, man, yeah. right? But Beamer came in with the style, and then he showed you the substance of what he could do with team building, right? What he could do with team building. And look, man, I understand that both sides of the rivalry want and should want to be as separated from the other side as possible. But there, Beamer is a damn likable guy. Dabo is a likable guy. And I think South Carolina just may have stumbled upon their Dabo. I know that's blasphemous. Get me off the No, no, hey, hey, when they he may was, have stumbled listen, when he was hired, when he was hired, I felt like every single conversation, every interview I had, even former players were like, you know, he's a lot like Dabo. And I'm like, can we not change? Like, is this not like, it, it sounds like, like nails on a chalkboard coming out of you. Everybody was saying that. So, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. If you can't beat them, copy them, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, or, or diss them, right? Or diss them, or, you know, try to put them back in their place. But look, man, South Carolina's ascension is not going to be stopped by Mark Stoops. It's not going to be stopped by Clemson fans who are a little nervous about the recruiting, right? It's not going to be stopped by any of them. Uh, Chris, I want to take a moment, man, to congratulate you on what you've built. Um, it's incredible. It's, it's honestly incredible what you have built um, as being, you know, the hub where Gamecock fans can come to not get any spin and get the truth and get real stuff. You know, Bill O'Reilly back in the day became a multimillionaire uh, by having the no spin zone on Fox News. You are the no spin zone for South Carolina sports. I am the no spin zone in the upstate, you know, and... I always say this to you, Chris, never change what you're doing, okay? Never feel like, man, I can't come out with this negative opinion because people are going to get upset. If it's what you believe, brother, 
Come out with it, man, because your audience will respect you for it. But what you have built is one of the more impressive things I've ever seen in sports media. I am proud of you, brother. I'm really proud of what you built. You've had a move amidst all of this. You've been crapped on by all this. Now you've had media that, that once tried to ignore you is now coming on your show regularly. You know what I mean? So I'm just incredibly proud of what you have built, man, and how you just freaking get after it. And as somebody myself who just gets after it, I like I respect the hustle, brother. I really, really do. So I, I want to wish you congratulations. Mark, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. That means a lot, honestly, coming from you. And congratulations to you as well on everything that you've been doing with, with the Fan Upstate. And obviously just your career. Um, it's been fantastic to see the Ascension. I, and I'm glad you came on today. And I, I'd love to have you on again, I, you know, throughout the season. Because I feel like, and I see a lot of the comments, people seeing a side of you that maybe, you know, you, you only get a small glimpse on Twitter. You know, you only, and that's what happens a lot. People only get one little piece and then they attach themselves to that one piece they hated and they ignore the 99% of your other content they probably love. They don't listen to the well, radio show. that was show. the one beef, Chris. You remember, that was the one beef I had with you. It was like, I, I felt like for a while, you were retweeting when I had something critical to say. But you weren't retweeting when I said something positive. Fair enough. And yeah, like, you'd enough. see it, it would like be, it'd like be the, the positive Gamecock comment would get like 16 likes. Yeah. And the negative Gamecock comment would get 4,000 you know, like 4,000 retweets yeah. or something like that. And I had a talk with you about that. And I said, Chris, I don't, if I've got something critical to say about the Gamecocks, I don't mind if you retweet it. But please try to be equitable about it. You know what I'm saying? And in the years since we had that conversation, you have been. You have been. So I want to invite um, your Gamecock fans to check out our show, uh, Offsides. You guys can, uh, if you don't live, if you live in the upstate, uh, 97.7 FM in Greenville, 97.1 FM in Spartanburg. If you don't live in the upstate, all you have to do is download the Odyssey app, which is A-U-D-A-C-Y. Go to the Fan Upstate. Our show is on 3 to 7 every day. And I invite you guys to uh, follow me on Twitter, at Mark Ryan on Air. That's at M-A-R-C, Ryan on Air. I'd love to have you. And I think if you follow the account, you'll see that there's, you know, when I feel there's something positive to say, I'll say it. When I, have a, when I feel there's something Critical to say, I'll say that as well. And like you, Chris, I'm never going to apologize for that. Yeah. Mark, last thing before I get you out of here, because you are a Florida guy. Billy Napier, Outlook of the Gators. I think Florida may be the biggest mystery in the SEC. Because from what I've heard, starting 22 is there. Starting 22 can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody. It's the depth that's an issue. We're seeing Napier crush it on the recruiting trail as well, like you mentioned. I think that South Carolina Florida game is a really intriguing ball game. A lot of Gamecock fans are just writing that one off as a W. And, you know, I, oh, I, get, I get coming. I'm sorry, what? I, yeah, I get They're coming into They're writing that off right, as a right. W. Just an We're easy getting the w. Vanderbilt treatment. We're getting the <laughs> Vanderbilt treatment right now. Are you well, serious? I, a lot, I just feel like a lot of folks are not looking at that Florida game with the hesitation of normal years because of what happened last year. But, Mark. To that point, listen, I think it's a toss-up game. I think it's got the potential to be one of the best games of the year in the swamp, a place that, listen, it's still an intimidating environment. South Carolina hasn't exactly played stellar football in that venue, you know what I mean? So uh, your thoughts on the Gators' outlook of this season, year one or an Napier, and that game as well, South Carolina-Florida. You know what, man? There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of energy surrounding him. And the problem is, Chris, the first two games of the year – Florida isn't ready for either of those two opponents. They're not. You know, like Utah, Cameron Rising is a legitimate Heisman Trophy contender. That operation has been rolling for, you know, 15, 16 years now, right? 
Florida year one is not ready for that. The polls tell you Utah's seventh, Florida's 37th. You know, I don't get how the line is two and a half. I'll never bet against my team. But if I was a betting man, that's the biggest no-brainer bet I've ever seen in my life. Then you got Kentucky. Does Kentucky have the raw talent Florida does? No. Okay, they, they, they don't. But they have that well-oiled machine, that physicality, that knowledge of the system. I think there's every chance Florida opens 0-2. But I like the Gators against South Carolina because towards the end of the year, they're going to start to get more and more comfortable with that system, right? If Anthony Richardson stays healthy, and that is a big if, 8-4 and four is not out of the question for the Gators. If Anthony Richardson goes down, 4-8 and eight is not out of the question for the Gators. But, you know, just like I tell Gamecock fans to enjoy the journey with Shane Beamer, you got to crawl before you can walk. Keep in mind the Gators now have had three, consecu- three failed coaches back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. The Gators have had three failed coaches back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. This thing is going to take some time. You're going to have to have patience, practice patience, preach it, right? Um, and, and so that's where I think Florida is heading into this year. It's exciting. You know, it's exciting as a fan to have a fresh start. It's exciting as a fan to feel like you might have finally the right coach at the right time for the Gators. Mark, this has been a pleasure, man. I know you got to get going. You got a very busy day with your show and everything else, but we got to do this again, man. We got to get you back on uh, over the course of the football season. This is incredible. Like I said, I really appreciate you taking the time, and I'm so happy again that people were able to hear your commentary, hear your banter, because I feel like there may have been some folks that came into, you know, I, I posted the graphic yesterday, and of course, I did that for a reason because I was like, I can't wait to see the reaction on social media. But I think people got to see and hear, hey, you know, Mark Ryan's not the, he's not the big bad wolf. He, he's just a normal guy who talks sports. Hey, he's high on Shane Beamer. Let's cut the guy a little bit of slack here. But uh, I don't know. You might get some flack for that Florida take. Either way, Mark, I appreciate you for always keeping it real. Thank you so much again for the kind words about what we've built here. And it really means a lot coming from you, someone like yourself. And uh, obviously wish you guys nothing but success. And Anytime you guys need a guest, man, you know to hit me up. So I appreciate it. Let's definitely do it again. Hey, Chris, continued success to you. Uh, thank you so much for uh, – I'm seeing on the comments here all the kind words from uh, from your audience, man. Uh, we appreciate you guys so, so much as well. Chris, continued success, man. Uh, you are a true American success story, brother, and, and keep at it, all right? I appreciate it, Mark. Hey, we'll do it again soon, man. Appreciate you. Can't wait. Looking forward to the next time, brother. Take care. Take care. Great stuff from Mark Ryan. I I tell you what, folks, I I know there's a lot of people that have their thoughts, their opinions, and and listen, Mark will probably be the first one to tell you he said some things on social media that, uh, you know, maybe if he could go back, and maybe maybe he wouldn't. Maybe he wouldn't reword anything, but he said some things he knows were controversial, if you will. But I hope that kind of gave you guys some insight and a look at, uh, you know, a little bit more to what Mark Ryan is and the type of value he provides in his content, his banter, his commentary. I've always had a great time talking with Mark, and I appreciate him taking time on this show. Guys, hey, we're just going to roll into things. We're not even going to take a break because Shane Beamer speaking at 1.30. So I do want to get your questions, your comments, and your calls. We will have Shane Beamer's presser right here for you if you want to stay tuned in here and to watch it. Uh, Austin Greer says he should be a weekly Guest, I will tell you, Austin, we are full right now, but I actually thought about that. I actually thought about that, Austin, because Mark is a guy that will come on. He'll keep it real. He won't sugarcoat it, and and that's what I value. That's what I value when it comes to content and it comes to conversations and it comes to banter. That's truly what I value. So, uh, yeah, that's something definitely to to think about for sure, Austin. And and I've thought about maybe doing – 
you know, two guests in a day, two guests in a day. Um, you know, but I, I obviously want to save time for you guys' questions and the banter and the commentary and everything else. Uh, let's see. Cody Gaskin says, what a great talk. Brian Lattimore says, Mark Ryan sounds like a used car. Says, it's the radio voice, Brian. It's the radio voice. It's the radio voice. You can't cut it off, my guy. You can't cut it off. Um, let's see. We got a question here on the text line, 843 says, what are your thoughts on the wide receiver position going forward? Our staff's blowing the recruiting out the water this year, but it seems like we haven't pulled any big-time recruits to the position. Um, I feel confident in Justin Stepp and what they're doing. Um, definitely a room you need to continue to add value to, though, add big-time playmakers. Um, you know, need guys to make plays in the passing game. So there haven't been, you know, the focus in this recruiting class, this recruiting cycle has been line of scrimmage, which, which I think needs to be the focus, the line of scrimmage, offensive line, defensive line, et cetera. Uh, but you need to get those big-time playmakers on the outside, man. No question. No question. You got to get those guys. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, without a doubt, you got to get those guys on the outside. So, per sources, Austin Greer says, we're going to get a wide receiver recruit very soon. Yeah, I, I, I trust this staff. They're going to get the guys we need. I'll just leave it at that. I, I know that maybe for some of you that'll be a lazy take, but uh, I, I do trust this staff that they're going to pull in the guys. I mean, listen, Shane Beamer knows we need good wide receivers. Um, so, anyways, let's see. Allen says, what's the thought on Cam not getting first-team All-American grabs? See, I think this is so funny. People are like, oh, that's disrespect. I'm like, guys, he was named a second-team All-American. Like, what do you want? I mean, I think second-team All-American, Allen, is a high honor. I, 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 especially considering the fact that, like, listen, Cam Smith had a good year last year, but he didn't have a year where I would say, oh, he's a, he's a no-brainer first-team All-American this year. I mean, he had a good year, right? I wouldn't say it was great. He had a good year. So, I uh, – yeah, I got no problem with it. I think it's great that we have somebody listed as an All-American, period. Honestly, I think that's a great thing. Uh, Hunter Herlong, my guy with the super chat. Hunter, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, Hunter. Thank you, Hunter. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, again, guys, I want to say thank you all for the continued love and support. You know, you just heard from Mark, obviously, him congratulating us on the success and everything with the business and the platform. And, again, I say it all the time, but it's true. It's because of you guys. It's because of you guys tuning in. I see the crowd right now. We have tuned in. we got a massive crowd uh, over 120 folks right now tuned in live to TDC. Uh, it's just it's just such a blessing, man. It's such a blessing to see the numbers and, and the analytics and everything else. But the joys and the journey, as Mark said, and, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I just can't express enough gratitude to you all for the love and support you continue to show. It, it, it's just, uh, you know, we, we couldn't do what we do without it. And TSUS is not what it is and is not what it's becoming without you guys. So I, I really do, do genuinely appreciate it, man. Um, Matt Garner says, can't wait till Thursday. I'm off work this time. Yes, Carolina Alehouse, Woodruff Road, Greenville, South Carolina gets going at six. Guys, I will have my Bluetooth speaker on me. We will listen to Shane Beamer's call-in show at Carolina Alehouse, Woodruff Road. So I don't want you guys to think you're going to be missing it. You want to listen to the show? We'll listen together. Come on out. We'll have us a really, really good time. Uh, John Gibbs, us continuing to get the big uglies up front on both sides of the ball will allow our skill positions to thrive. It all starts up front. No doubt, John. No doubt. It all starts up front. That is a fact, my guy. Brian Dean says Darius Rush will be dominant this year. I like Darius a lot. I think he's going to have a good year. A.J. Bowers, one guy you predict to be an All-American this year if we get one. Probably Cam. Cam Smith. I would say definitely Cam Smith. So, Daniel Graham, appreciate the kind words, my friend. Yeah, we really do appreciate Mark Ryan taking the time, man. That was incredible. That was absolutely incredible. Um, 
Really, really good stuff, dude. Really good stuff from Mark Ryan. Had a blast talking with him. Had a blast talking with him. Um, let's see. Let's see. Again, guys, Shane Beamer speaking to the media at 1.30. We will air that right here. We will air that right here. Let's see. We will air that right here. Uh, Brian Dean says, get 12900 in September. How do I donate to the show? Brian, send me a DM, my friend. I mean, we do have PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, Merch, Big Cot Club. Uh, no, Brian, shoot me a DM. Shoot me a DM for real. Shoot me a DM, Brian. Uh, I appreciate you, my guy. I even appreciate you just bringing it up and considering, my dude. I appreciate you, Brian, sincerely. Uh, John Gibbs says, I want to see Zach Pickens and Jordan Burks beast people this year. Those two should kill it. Yeah, no, I, I think so. We need them. We need them badly. We need them badly. We need Jordan Burks to be Jordan Burks, my guy. We need Jordan Burks to be Jordan Burks. Guys, again, podcast continues tomorrow. We're talking kickers and punters. So giving love to our specialists on the show tomorrow for the uh, position unit preview series. We'll talk about the specialists. Uh, and then on Friday, we'll get into defense. We'll start talking defensive line. Then next week, of course, it'll be game week. Monday show, we'll talk linebackers. Wednesday, we'll talk secondary. And then Friday, full game preview. Top storylines, key matchups, keys to the game. And I'll lock in my prediction for South Carolina, Georgia State. Dude, it's crazy to think. I mean, next week's game week. Next week is literally game week. This time next week, we'll be waiting on Shane Beamer to do his Weekly game week presser. Let that sink in a little bit. 11 days. 11 days to kick off. Unreal. Cannot wait. Again, guys, 843-790-3377. We got about 10 minutes until Shane Beamer goes live. So if you do want to call in, now is the time to do it. Now is the time to do it. Um, again, Brian, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Hunter Herlong says, praying for a clean injury report. Yes, indeed. Because I, I we didn't hear a lot. <clears throat> from the scrimmage over the weekend. So you know he's going to get asked about that. So fingers crossed, my guy. <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed uh, for sure. Um, Jeff says, did the blue chip fact show really how much Spurrier was a good coach that with less talent he was able to do what he did? Yes, yes, Jeff, I think so, 110%. It shows, I mean, they were able to, yes, they got good players, but that 29% blue chip ratio, it shows Steve Spurrier was able to do Take guys that were three. I mean, look at the three stars, guys. That's why we always preach. We have fans say, well, blue chip ratio don't mean shit because we've gotten the, you know, the most legendary Gamecocks are two and three stars. And I'm not going against that. That's true. But it's really just a testament to what Steve Spurrier and his coaching staff did. Being able to evaluate the Melvin Ingrams of the world, the DJ Swearingers of the world, the Patrick Marcos of the world. You got to tip your cap to that. Brian. Here we go. Brian, what's up, man? How are you? Um, What's up, Bob? Oh, right along. What's up, man? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You good? Um, yeah, man. Um, how's things going, bro? It's going well, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. What's going on? I just want to talk a little game talk football and just um tell you how much I really appreciate what you what what you're doing with the show and stuff. Um, Mark Ryan was an excellent guest, man. I I really enjoyed that. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, like I said, I'm, I'm really glad that Mark, we were able to get him on and, and give people just kind of a look into what he's really all about. And so I, I thoroughly enjoyed that, and I'm glad you did as well. And I appreciate your love and support, man. You're yeah, always tuning in. So, yeah, man, I, um, I'll be tuning in a, hot, a whole lot more now because I'm out of working on disability. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
I'm, I'll be tuning in a lot more. And um, I, I'm getting a big, huge chunk of money in September. And I want to donate some to the show because, I mean, this, this show is like a lifeline for me because I can't do too much that right now because I'm pretty laid up. But, um, man, your show is awesome. I, I tune into it every day, both. I appreciate that, Brian. And we're praying for you, obviously, with everything on your end. And uh, like I said, man, I I really appreciate that. No problem, man. Thank you. Absolutely, Brian. Appreciate it. You too, Bubba. Yeah, take care. Good stuff. Appreciate Brian Dean, man. That's incredible. Um, You know, it's – I've gotten calls and texts and stuff similar like that over the the years or whatever. And it's – I don't know, man. It's 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 almost a little overwhelming. It's uh, it's it's wild though, just how you can do something you feel like is you know we're just talking sports, right? But it's but it's not just that, you know what I mean? Like you you uh, you get messages like that, and you realize how uh, impactful you know doing stuff like this is in people's lives, and it becomes part of people's routines. Obviously, you know we we drop the podcast at the same time every week, every day. Whenever we drop it, we do the Daily Crow at the same time, and it just becomes stuff like this becomes ingrained right in people's routines and the way they operate and what they do and they you know that they, they go to a daily crow or a tsus or what have you for you know escape might be a, a harsh word but they go to it for um you know a change up in their day or you know it's, it's a it's a highlight and a bright spot in their day and uh it's it's cool man it's, it's just cool when you when you keep perspective on it really is let's jump back awesome. to the phone lines here robbie davis exactly hall of famer Robbie Davis, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, I just wanted to say real quick, okay, to Mark Stoops, that stinking Kentucky coach over there, okay. Hey, Stoopsy, he's building a culture, not a climate, you little stinking butthole, okay. I hope you're ready for an ass whooping come October come October 8th, okay. I hope you're ready for an ass whooping. I'm ready for you to eat your words, buddy. I hope you're ready to eat crow. Go Gamecocks. We are almost in game week. Thank you, Jesus. We are almost in game week. It's about that time. It's about that time, okay. Because I know it's about to be that time for the press conference, so I'm going to go ahead and get off of here. You have a great rest of your day. And go Gamecocks. And uh, hell with Clemson. I love it, Robbie. All right, bud. Have a good one. Yeah, man. You too. Appreciate you. Take care. Great stuff. Robbie Davis. Great stuff. Uh, Again, 843-790-3377. Guys, we have about five minutes. About five minutes until Shane Beamer speaks to the media. About five minutes till Shane Beamer speaks to the media. Really excited to hear what he's got to say. Um, let's see. Allen says you're going to be at Jay's this year. Um, for a pregame show, probably not. Allen, we'll probably just be focused on the tailgate itself. Cody. Here we go. Cody, what's up, man? How are you? What's going on, Chris? You're just hanging out, man. What's up? Um, I was just calling in. I like, I like to fantasize a little bit and, um, you know, I'm realistic. I'm I'm expecting a seven, five, eight, and four type of year. But let's just fantasize for a minute and think about what would happen to the city of Columbia if the Gamecocks were to climb the mountain. 
I mean, dude, five – well, I would say five points would burn to the ground, but five points really ain't even a thing anymore. Um, it would be just pure madness. It'd be pure madness, and we would sell a lot of merch, my guy. Absolutely. <laughs> that would also happen. No, it, dude, it, it just would be – I mean, here's the thing. When the day comes – I'm going to say when. When the day comes that South Carolina wins an SEC championship and wins a national championship – there will not be a fan base more deserving than this one for everything they've been through, everything we've been through and, and dealt with, and especially those, you know, that sat through the 80s and the 90s and 0 and 11 and just the, the turmoil, you know what I mean? There won't be a fan base that deserves it more than South Carolina. So uh, I, I know the party will be crazy. The, 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 the drinks will be flowing. Stogies will be smoked, right? The packs will be smoked. Um, it, it'll be a – I was going to say a week-long party, but, God, I think that's a party that that wouldn't stop, my man. That probably that party probably wouldn't stop till kickoff the following season. So Maybe we can get the Roach King to buy us all a drink on the airplane. <laughs> yes, yes, the Roach King drinks all around. Oh, yeah. No, nah, it'll, it'll be uh, – it'll be a magnificent day, my friend, when it happens, for sure. It will be. Absolutely can't wait. Yep, cannot wait indeed. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, man, I appreciate the call. We're oh, he hung up. All right, cool. Anyways, I was going to say I appreciate the call. We're going to jump into, or we're about to jump into Shane Beamer's press conference. Uh, Robbie Davis, the shortest Robbie Davis call ever. Yeah, I mean it's fun. Hey, short, sweet to the point. Love it, love it. And I agree with him. I agree with him. Um, let's see. Uh, Phil says, Kentucky owns us right now. We would love to build a program like UK has right now to basketball school. Phil. No, I mean, listen, South Carolina's got to start beating Kentucky again, no doubt. Caleb Thomas Fishing, headed to Rivals in a few for some Beamer Ball merch. Yes, Caleb, hit it up. We got more merch being delivered there on Friday, by the way. So just stay tuned for that. Some more Beamer Rattler stuff, Beamer Ball stuff, hats, shirts, you name it. But it's there at Rivals. We got the Beamer Ball shirt to Todd Moore as well. Again, they're getting more stuff on Friday as well. Uh, so really, really excited for that, man. The merch is rolling, content's rolling. Also, guys, hey, real quick before we go into Beamer's Presser, by the way, you guys know Beat Stickers, right? Beat Stickers that they hand out, Beat Georgia State, Beat Georgia at the home game. How about TSUS Beat Stickers? We're working on some Beat Stickers, my man. Beamer Ball Beat Sticker, Beamer Rattler 22 Beat Stickers for free just to hand out to people on game day. Stay tuned. That's why you tune in the Daily Crow. You hear things. You get the news. You get the scoop before everybody else. So, all right, let's go ahead and get Beamer on the tube here. I know he's about to speak, and I'm going to go ahead and take myself off, and we will take in what Coach Beamer has got to say. We'll talk in a bit. Quiet and serious today. Focused. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's an intense group. Hi, Emily. Nice to meet you. Yep. 
All right. Welcome. Uh, good to have everybody back in here. It's great to be back in here uh, again for another season. So certainly looking forward to coming in here with uh, you all every Tuesday here for the next uh, three, four months, I guess. But uh, good day today. Got back on the practice field. Our players had had a couple days off. Uh, Sunday we met after the scrimmage. Yesterday was their day off, so we hadn't been on the field since uh, Saturday night. So it was good to get back out there this morning. Had a good productive practice going back to last Saturday. I thought it was a great uh, second uh, preseason game in our minds out there in the uh, in the stadium. Uh, really pleased, a lot of good in all three phases that we saw out there, and then certainly a lot to improve and correct as well. But it was a really uh, efficient night and and felt like we made some really good strides as a team from from the week from Saturday the week before to to Saturday night as well. Uh, injury wise, just a few updates. Uh, Chad Terrell tore his ACL. Uh, that's his third, unfortunately, uh, in his career. So he'll be uh, out for the season. Really, really hate it for that young man. Uh, and we, you know, told the team uh, he'll still continue to have a role on this team and got so much respect for him, a guy that was is in his sixth year in this program, I believe, uh, that had been through – this is now his third ACL that has come back from two ACLs, uh, accepted a position change during spring practice, uh, really excelled in that role as a tight end for us, had had a good preseason and had put himself in position to, to play and have a role uh, on the field on this year's team. So certainly hate it for him, but have so much respect for Chad and, and the way that he's battled uh, to put himself in position to play. And, and we talked about it in front of the team, the respect that we have for him and, and the impact that he can have going forward, uh, the, the fighter that he is and all that as well. So he's still heavily involved with our team and has a role without a doubt, but just won't be playing on Saturdays for us, <clears throat> excuse me, this upcoming season. And then other than that, really nothing new. Uh, Kai Kroger and, and Christian Beal Smith are our two, you know, most concerned about guys, if you will. But uh, here we are on Tuesday, a uh, week and a half before we play, and optimistic that both those guys will be out there uh, against Georgia State next Saturday night. But if not, we'll be ready to roll. Uh, but they're the only two guys that are question marks at this point from a from a uh, personnel standpoint. Going into the uh, first game injury-wise, we are in our mock game week right now. So we got a lot of new faces, obviously that weren't here last year. So this is a great week for those guys to learn how we practice during the week. So what we did on Sunday a couple of days ago is exactly what we would do on a normal Sunday, other than we just didn't go out on the practice field. Uh, yesterday was their day off like it will be during the season. Today was a Tuesday practice, so they can learn how we practice and meet on Tuesdays. Tomorrow will be a normal Wednesday. Thursday will be a normal Thursday, just so when we do it next week for real, Everybody understands uh, how we practice and, and what we get done and what we accomplish or try to accomplish each and every day. So we're introducing Georgia State a little bit this week, but we're not 100% into Georgia State. There's a lot of other things that we're uh, content, trying to continue to work on, some issues from last year, just uh, you know, making sure they don't pop up next year from a schematic standpoint that opponents presented us, uh, problems they presented, a lot of position battles that we're still uh, trying to figure out how the, those are going to shake out. So a lot that's happening this week, 
uh, before we totally get into Georgia State next week. But like I said, we are introducing it and uh, got a lot that we have to get done this week. Uh, you know, continuing a lot of great momentum from a recruiting standpoint over the weekend and will continue to be uh, a major point of emphasis for us, obviously, going forward. But love where we are from a recruiting standpoint and excited about seeing so many of these prospects back on campus uh, next Saturday night as uh, as well. So I was looking at it yesterday and uh, a lot of the teams that we compete against and recruit against uh, Clemson, they don't have a home game next Saturday. Georgia doesn't have a home game next Saturday. Uh, North Carolina does not have a home game next Saturday. Tennessee doesn't have a home game next Saturday. So recruits, if you want to come see a college football game next Saturday night, uh, there's no Columbia, South Carolina is a fantastic place to be on a Saturday night, Saturday night. And really look forward to seeing a lot of you guys in Columbia when we kick things off next Saturday. So with that, be glad to take any questions that you guys have. Shane, a couple for you with Chad. Is it a medical situation or will he be able to come back next year? That's something we're looking into, David. Um, one, I think Chad has to decide if he wants to uh, go down that route and pursue that. And then also from an NCAA and eligibility standpoint, there's some things that we're trying to look into, get clarified to see if that's a possibility. And also, have you talked with Mark Stoops since last week that whole thing happened? <laughs> Question two. You had to like the layup on the first one before you came in with that one, huh? I have not. Um, I have not talked to Coach Stoops, no. I um, saw what he saw the quote from SEC Media Days on Marty and McGee. I saw the statement that he made last week. Um, you know, I appreciate Coach Stoops saying that it wasn't directed at me. Uh, like I said on an interview the other day, we have great respect for uh, – I have great respect for Mark and his program and the Kentucky, the Kentucky program. Um, I know when the basketball coach at Kentucky – made the comment that he did about the football program that Mark said that he stays in his lane. So I can't imagine he would have gotten out of his lane to direct a shot at me. And uh, I said it the other day in an interview, Mark was very complimentary of our program before we played them last season. And in fact, two or three of his assistant coaches came up to me during pregame warmups last year to comment on the culture of our program and how impressed they were with it just from watching videos on social media and things like that. So I, uh, it is what it is, and uh, he's got his program to worry about, and I've got mine to worry about. But, no, my respect for him is still still high in, in that program as well. Shane, you mentioned going into this week just about some of those position battles. I know all 22 are up for grabs, but as you get into this game week, what are some of those position battles that you're really going to be kind of focusing in on? Um, you know, that wide receiver group, how that kind of shakes out, you know, for sure. Uh, I mean, all those guys are going to are going to play uh, in regards to the guys that we're talking about uh, consistently at um, at at wide receiver. But how exactly does it shake out going into next week? Uh, who's going to be the third quarterback between uh, Luke and, and Spencer? Those guys are our clear cut number two. We know DK can play quarterback, but is it Colton? Is it Tanner Bailey? Is it Braden Davis? Is it uh, Jalen Daniels? You know, we're trying to figure out who is going to be that third guy uh, going into the season uh, as well. You know, there's a lot of them. We have depth on the defensive line. How does that top six end up shaking out? Uh, the safety position, uh, RJ Roderick and Devonnie Reed have have been our top two guys throughout the preseason, but what does it look like behind them? Um, you know, uh, what happens at the place kicker situation with Herrera and Jeter? That's one. So I think there is a, um, 
there's a lot of them. You've been listening because you said all 22 are still up for grabs and competing. I like that. Phil made that mistake the other night in the press conference as well. Um, no, but I, uh, we are. We're competing everywhere, and there are some great battles uh, going on for sure. And and uh, you know, and we talked about it with the team today too, Colin. Like just because your role is, we started scout team stuff today. So just because you may have been on the scout team today, that's your role right now. It doesn't mean it's going to be your role. In November, you know, it's our job as coaches, and I told the staff yesterday to continue to coach all 100, I think it's 19 guys that we have on this team right now. We have to get all 119 better and continue to develop, you know, our entire roster, which is what we're trying to do. So wherever a guy is going into game one, depth chart-wise and all that, it would be a shame if every single player on this team doesn't improve as the year goes along. Chance Jalen Foster back in an official capacity with y'all, or I guess what's that kind of looking like right now? Yeah, he uh, he is. I'm not sure exactly what the title is and all that, but um, you know we've got a pretty good group of guys. With you know Jalen Dickerson, obviously had to take a was medically DQ'd, but so Jalen's working with with us from that standpoint, and and Jalen Foster is uh, is is here as well. You know I think technically or not technically but legally I think the role he is he's not necessarily coaching but um he's involved with us and and around the program and is an asset for sure for all the obvious reasons and he's great with those young defensive backs and and all the guys we talked about it today you know there's freshmen that may not play as much next Saturday night as what they wanted to and may end up redshirting who knows well Jalen Foster redshirted here Jalen Dickerson redshirted here and that's uh if you're not quite ready to play right now that's that's okay uh, you said after the first scrimmage that the red zone was still an area of concern that you were just starting to install there. How do you feel like that's progressed now, a week and a half on from that, and now a week and a half from the first game? Yeah, that took on a life of its own. Uh, I saw after that, I think every player that was in here got asked about the red zone last week as well. I mean, no, it's not. I mean, I said the red zone was a concern, but I should have prefaced. I think I did, but in that scrimmage on Saturday, two weeks or a week and a half ago, I think red zone we first did on Thursday, so it wasn't going to be sharp. Fine. I didn't have any concerns about the red zone after that first, you know, scrimmage. It was more just we had to be more efficient and finish drives. And um, certainly we put a lot of uh, we put a lot of emphasis on it. We work on it. Regardless of what happens down there, we need to come away with at least three points. But we're a big point of emphasis. We obviously want to score touchdowns down there and defensively. You know, you may the other night some situations where you, you uh, there's some big plays and long drives, and then you get down to the red zone from a defensive standpoint. You got to get a stop and force a field goal and or force a turnover. So I um, we're better and and should be better after excuse me working on it more than what we did uh, going into that first day as uh, as well our first scrimmage I should say. I wanted to ask you about Luke. Going back to last season until today, he just always seems so positive, and he's always preaching about brotherhood no matter what the situation with the quarterbacks is. How impressed are you with his constant mindset and positive attitude, and how infectious is it both on and off the field? Yeah, no, Luke's been great. What you see with him is what you get, and, and he's got a great, great, um, great mindset, great attitude. Uh, you know, he and uh, he and Marshawn Lloyd live together, and they're very much the same. I mean, they're they're focused, but they're they're positive guys. And and Luke, I've said it before, has been fantastic for that quarterback room as well. But also the whole you know the whole uh, uh, team. You know, just with his mindset, the way that he's handled some of the adversity he faced last year. 
uh, the way that he's handled Spencer coming in this year, the way that he helps he helps these young quarterbacks and Spencer. Uh, Luke's been fantastic, and he really has. He's uh, he's really gotten better as a quarterback uh, since last season as well. And you know, he is one of the you know true leaders on this football team as well. Hey Shane, is there a point in this time leading up to September third where? You would you would like to reach the point where you say, "Man, we're ready to play right now," or is that against the mentality of a coach? Um, good question. No, I think it's certainly you. Um, you certainly when we walk off the practice field next Thursday, we better feel like we're as ready as we can possibly be to play that game. Now we've got a lot of work to do, and and even when you walk off that practice field on Thursday, we still have a walk through on Friday and and walk through in meetings on Saturdays. So you're always coaching right up until kickoff. But certainly um, uh, there's a lot of things that we still have to cover between now and that first game situationally-wise and things like that, Rick. But uh, you want to feel as confident as you possibly can. But honestly, as a coach, you never do, especially game ones, just because there's so many you know, things that – uh, you try and cover everything, and I feel like we, we are very thorough, but there's always, you know, something. And uh, you're always just trying to stay one step ahead and things like that. So first games are tricky because, like I've said before, we don't get preseason games and, and whatnot like the NFL teams uh, do. We play for real, and it counts here in, in a week and a half. I better be a good one, Emily. It's your debut question. No pressure. Um, I know you had talked about after that first scrimmage that you know you guys were pushing Spencer to try and get that ball out quicker. Yeah. We had a lot of the players in here earlier talking about how you were kind of running the defense all over the field during the scrimmage this past weekend. You know, how do you feel like that pace and, and speed of your offense has progressed since yeah. that first scrimmage? Um, good, and I thought it was good the first scrimmage uh, as well. And no matter what, regardless of what the players said, make no mistake about it, we haven't turned into like. Ole Miss, and we're trying to run 115 plays next Saturday. We may be. You never know, Georgia State. Um, but certainly the game, you've got to be able to uh, play on the perimeter in today's college football. you got to be able to make people miss in space. You've got to be able to tackle in space. And uh, we had plenty of those plays, you know, the other night. Um, I think you guys last week, I'm not sure if you were out there, but one of the, I think the last day y'all were out there for practice, we did basically a perimeter blocking drill over there on that far field was the very last period you guys saw before you left. And that was basically that, you know, blocking in space and tackling in space and getting off blocks and making people miss. So you got to do that nowadays in college football. And, and uh, we were, we spent a lot of time working at it and, uh, those plays and, and scrimmages may be by design. It may be, you know, Spencer, for whatever reason, kicked the ball out there because it was the run wasn't good or whatever it may be. But he's getting the ball out very efficiently, uh, has a better understanding of what we're doing offensively. And, and also, too, with preseason practice, preseason camp, you're installing everything. And then as you get into closer to game week like we are now, you really start to narrow down, okay, these are the players that we're going to be playing with. These are the schemes we like this week. And and because of that, you should see the mental errors for every position going down, the, the way the offense is operating, the speed they're operating with should go up because everybody should have more confidence and an understanding of, of what we're doing because we're not doing as much, if that makes sense. Now, Christian's obviously here for a reason, but I, I'm guessing you feel pretty good about having so many other guys within that running back room to help keep the depth 
you know, at, at a comfortable spot for you guys. What, yes. What was the first to, part I was looking for you? Oh, yeah. I was, was just saying, here I, for I a you guys have, you, had, you brought in Christian for a reason. Oh, yeah. You want him to be on the field, but yes. just the depth across the board at the running back. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really good. And you go back to last year's team, Hale, and you talk about this year's team, I feel like there's more depth at every position on offense. And we lost two pretty good players in Saquandre and, um, and Kevin Harris, but we've added – uh, we've added Christian Bill Smith. We've added Lavoisier Carroll. DJ Twitty made some plays in the spring game. And Juju's a year older. Marshawn's a year older. So we certainly do like that group. Um, you know, Marshawn's had a great preseason. Juju's had an unbelievable preseason. Uh, Rashad Amos has had a good preseason. Lavoisier has. All those guys have, you know. So we certainly uh, love Christian's maturity and, and leadership that he brings being an older guy. Uh, and and he's done a great job now that he's since he's been out of you know still being involved. But those other guys have done a great job as well, and would love to have him next Saturday night. But we feel great about that room, even uh, uh, even if he's not going. Yeah, coach. Uh, going off of that a little bit, what are some of the main differences you noticed from the offensive unit this season compared to where you guys were at this time last season? Of course, you were just talking about the running backs. You mentioned the receivers a second ago. Even some of the tight ends are new. So. I don't know if it's the dynamic or style of play, but like, what kind of things do you notice about the offense that are that are different this year? I think the biggest thing is just the overall understanding of what we're doing and being able to go out there and be efficient and, and operate. Uh, you know, last year at this time, it was still very new for these guys. We had been through spring practice in the summertime, but it was still a new system and we had and, and whatnot. This year, it's year two in this system. We've been able to tweak some things to better fit our personnel because we have a better understanding of our personnel. Uh, our players have, on offense and defense and special teams have a better understanding of us as coaches. So that's the biggest thing I see is just um, there's not as many with the returning players, at least. The freshmen, they're going to make, make mistakes. But with the returning guys, they know how to get lined up and they don't just know necessarily their position. They know – a, they have a better understanding of the whole play, the whole concept. So Jaheim Bell could last year probably could line up at tight end and know what the tight end does. Now we want to be so multiple in personnel, but that Jaheim, for example, could line up at running back, tight end, receiver, and, and know what to do on the same play. And I don't know if that would have been the case last year. So there's just a better overall understanding, I think, of what we're doing. What was your reaction to the Manning Award watch list that came out yesterday and no Spencer Rattler on there? Uh, I did not see that, so I had no reaction. So that's the first I'm hearing of it. Um, I don't know. It's like I tell our players that, uh, you know, the better, the better teams have the individual award winners. And if we just go out this year and, and um, uh, have the year that we think we can have and, and develop as a football team, we'll be, it'll be a great year for us as a team and, and great year for guys as individuals as well. How many people are on that watch list? I'd say if somebody thinks that he's not one of the 13, 30 best quarterbacks in the country, they've lost their minds, in my opinion. But that's just me. He was to say he was on that list last year, I would imagine, right? Well, I don't think the guy's gotten worse as a quarterback since last year. So I don't uh, – I, do I need to get back on my Parker White uh, kick from last year as well? Because it's kind of the same thing. I mean, I did not know that, Phil, but that's crazy. 
Hey, Shane, um, you probably don't think you've gotten worse as a head coach in the last year. but you know, <laughs> Thank from, you, Gene. From, Some from, people may. I don't know. From, from <laughs> the, your first year to your second year, from a year, you know, a year ago this week, wh what are the key areas do you think you've improved as a head coach? Um, uh, probably, you know, kind of like I've mentioned before, just a, an understanding of, okay, we had here's what – being able to look back at last year and maybe mistakes that I made in practice or things like that. You know, for example, this press conference last year on this exact same date, I think I was in here having to address the, uh, the, the famous milk crate challenge that our guys had done over the weekend on their day off. Well, Saturday night, I could talk to the team and say, hey, just make sure we're good here over these next couple of days. Here's what happened last year on this weekend. We had the milk crate challenge saga we had uh, a couple other issues off the field nothing illegal but just some things that happened and didn't have a great Tuesday practice coming off two off days so we were able to challenge them all right this is what happened last year let's be more mature and let's be better as a team you know during this day off and come back on Tuesday morning and have a good practice this year which we didn't really have in my opinion it was kind of sluggish last year on this day so being able to look back at that having a better understanding Gene of of uh, of the players on our team. They know me better. I know them better. Last year on, in this tight press conference, we had never been through a loss together as a team. They didn't know how I would react and how I was in the locker room, all that stuff. So I think there's just a better understanding. I don't know if you're ever comfortable. I don't want to get comfortable. You see the words around this building sometimes here says, says resist comfort. Like we don't want to get comfortable ever. So you're always trying to grow and learn. But um, uh, just probably that, just a better understanding of the job and everything that it entails, uh, the people around me, players and coaches. And But you are always uh, always learning, you know, and then just things last year, mistakes in, in games that, you know, you're always going to have plays or calls you wish you could have back and being able to just, okay, I've got a year under my belt. You were an idiot, Shane, for doing that against so and so, or you were—that wasn't very smart to do that. And just knowing the team better and and um, more, more, uh, just confident in the people around me. Hey, coach, you mentioned earlier the position battle you got going on at safety. Um, can you kind of talk me through what you're seeing through or from Devani and R and uh, RJ, and then also what you've seen from Darius Rush? Yeah. Uh, Devani and RJ have been great. Um, RJ's really, really playing fast. Really, really playing physical. He um, he uh, has has is on a good traje trajectory right now, uh, r uh, raising his game. Devani has come in and and really worked uh, to put him in position to put himself in position to play, which he has. I think he's been very solid, very mature. Those are two physical players back there, and they're replacing a really, really, really good player in Jalen Foster. But those two guys are smart, um, physical what you want back there at that position. And Darius has been uh, fantastic. Darius is, you know, just kind of goes about his business and, and just continually makes plays. Uh, he's what you're looking for from a size and speed and athleticism st standpoint uh, out there on the perimeter. And really like all those those three guys and Cam Smith and what he's doing and David Spalding and Marcellus Dial and some of these freshmen that we have in there as well. It's a, um, it's a good group back there that – that uh, you're that that I'm excited to watch continue to develop this this season. Yeah, and then my second question was about the offensive line group. I know Zach Pickens was in here earlier talking about how he was so impressed at how together they w work. Um, just talk me through that and what you've seen um, with Coach Atkins. Yeah, 
No, and they should be because they all come back. They all came back from last year's team, you know. Um, it's they've played a lot of football together. It's an older group. And I would say the same about the defensive line as well, just with guys like Zach and MJ Webb and, and Boogie Huntley and, and Tonka and those guys on the defensive line. They've played a lot of football together. So those are two positions that um, – you know, I said it last year that I thought we had a chance to be a good team because we were good on the line of scrimmage, and I feel the same way this year. Those guys come back, they're a year older. Uh, goes back to the, the first question, too, about just being more confident in the system. Eric Douglas and making the calls at center and the other offensive linemen, they uh, they have a better understanding of what we're trying to get done, and there's great communication between them and Coach Atkins and Coach Sat and the rest of the coaching staff, and and uh, you know been pleased with those guys as well. And they're a tough, rugged group. I said, you know, after spring practice, talked about how those offensive linemen they didn't miss a single practice all preseason, or all all uh, all of spring practice, and. I don't think anybody has this preseason either. Same thing with the D-line. I mean, they just come out there and knock on wood, they just come out there and work and uh, love that about them, both sides of the ball. I know you said get everybody back right now except for Ty Kroger and Christian Beal Smith, but what's the status with Sherrod Green? We saw him out of a practice. We know he's had some obviously some injury problems the last two years. Is there yeah. any update on him? No, he, uh, he practiced today. Um, uh, he's been good. Uh, he's uh, – uh, has practiced, and obviously we're just trying to be smart with him coming off an injury, and Sherrod's played a lot of football in his career uh, as well. So uh, like anybody, he's got bumps and bruises right now after three weeks of practice. Uh, but, you know, he should, he's had a good preseason, and he and Mo Caba and, and Brad Johnson and, and uh, Debo Williams have done a really good job, those four guys at that linebacker position coming off spring practice and then helping these other guys, these young guys, young linebackers as well. Shane, the athletic department's really trying to involve young alumni and have young alumni at these games. How important is that for this program to have a lot of the, the recent graduates coming to these games and making an impact? Yeah, huge. Um, you know, it's um, uh, the next generation, uh, and we want to continue to bring generations upon generations of people, you know, here. And uh, so many of those Gamecock clubs events that I went to in the springtime, it would uh, seems like everyone I'd have a conversation with someone that said, you know, I've been coming since I was little with my parents and then they came with their parents and, and these young alum alumni, they love this place. Uh, they create a great home field advantage like uh, the rest of our fan base does in Williams Bryce stadium. But, you know, we want this young alumni group to continue to come and feel at home here. And then as they, grow older and have children that they bring their children and, and continue to make this just an amazing place to be on, on Saturdays, which it is. A couple of questions. Uh, Marshawn obviously was out for that first scrimmage and, and we saw him seem like he was a little more ahead than, than Christian was. So what's the latest with him? What can you share about his status? He's fine. He is a little bit more ahead than Christian. No concerns on Marshawn. He practiced today. He's, you know, um, Playing running back, playing some special team stuff out there. He's um, he's fine. And and with the specialist kicker punter and all that, what what can you share about where where those position battles are at? With, with it's guys? good. They're competing. Uh, they really are. You know the the um, the at the punter job. Um, you know those guys Herrera and and William Joyce and and Jeter. They've all stepped in and gotten some great work at punter and shown that they can. Uh, kick or punt at this level. They've done a great job. They really have. Uh, place kicker-wise, Herrera and Jeter, it's back-to-back -back or back-and-forth. I mean, we try and put those guys in as many pressure situations as um, 
as we can. And whether it be just them kicking on air with the team completely surrounding them and screaming in their faces like we did the other night in the stadium or pressure kicks in, in practice where if they, you know, make both kicks, we're not running extra or any of that stuff, uh, they've, they've responded. So regardless of what happens uh, health-wise with Kai and then the competition at the other positions, uh, those are two positions that I'm not concerned about going into the first game, uh, no matter who's out there. Shane, Pat DeMarco moving into kind of a new-ish role, I guess, within athletics and with football. I guess just what does that kind of do? And I guess I know it's kind of an evolving thing, but I guess what does that kind of do for this program and, and how can that kind of help things in this sort of era? Yeah, it's a great asset. Pat, uh, when when we hired Pat, that was one thing that uh, when, when, I, when we hired him, you know, he was interested in the coaching aspect of it, but he was also interested in the player development part of it. And, and he and I talked. I told him, I said, I think you can be really beneficial and from an NIL standpoint going forward because – Here's a guy that played double-digit years in the NFL and was the, I believe, the president of the NFL PA, if I'm not mistaken. There and was uh, and was involved with that Pro Bowler, all that stuff. So um, he's got a great uh, background that our guys can relate to, and, and he knows a lot of people around here. So that was something that we initially talked about when I hired him, and and now that he's transitioned away from coaching and more into that role, he'll be, you know, fantastic and just another avenue for our player to utilize and another great example of our athletic department and what coach Tanner and Chance Miller and Hillary Cox and all of them are doing from an NIL standpoint that we're not sitting back and and uh just waiting for stuff to happen we're trying to you know be on the forefront and and really uh put ourselves in position to help our student athletes here at Carolina as we're heading into game one, what have been the biggest surprises for you of this camp, whether that's, you know, players, systems that have worked, things you've seen in scrimmages, things like that? I would say, just thinking through positions right now, pleased with the development. I don't know if it's necessarily a surprise, but certainly pleased with the development. I mentioned it after the first scrimmage of Nick Emanwari and DQ Smith, just two guys that really hadn't played the safety position in in high school that have really done a nice job of, of settling into that role. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I know there's a lot of talk about those two guys. Nobody's saying that they're going to be Ronnie Lott um, or Ed Reed here in game one, but they've really, they've really uh, uh, done a nice job adjusting to that position because it wasn't a position that they were really playing in high school. So that's been a pleasant, uh, pleasant development, I should say as well. And, and, um, uh, and then really it's not a surprise knowing this group, but it's just a group that loves to practice. They really do. And they love to work and, and they don't complain and moan. They just go out every day and, and like to practice. They really do. And that's been really fun. And, and, uh, it's really nice to see the, the leadership from within the team just continue to develop. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Nick, Nick and then worry, uh, basically all the coaches and players have come in here raving. Uh, about this guy, do, do you, you worry about it getting to his head a little bit? But also, in, in kind of the same line, does is he a guy who you can envision developing enough to potentially be a starter this year? Um, I think uh, uh, we'll see how his development continues to go. But he's got all the tools. He's got size. He's smart. He's athletic. He can run. He's physical. He's got a edge about him. Uh, he's really been 
really, really been impressive. And, you know, he's another, he's a guy that came to our football camp last summer and I don't think had any really offers when he came. He may have, but he didn't have anything big when he came to our camp and was just so impressive in camp. And we loved our evaluation of him, and we offered him a scholarship. And, and he's come in and done a, um, done a really nice job. I mean, Devani and RJ and at, at safety are, are two really solid players, but Nick's a guy that certainly you know, put himself in position to help our team this year. And, and again, you know, some of these, uh, some of these freshmen, they don't like their numbers right now, what they're wearing jersey-wise, and they're trying to get better numbers. And it's like I told a couple of them this morning, like, you haven't played a game yet. So we're not changing your jersey number because you've had 15 good practices. Like, I'm really happy about that, but let's see what happens when the lights come on and all that. So by no means has anyone on our team arrived. There's a lot of work to do, but certainly Nick and a lot of our other freshmen, I really like this class, have, have, opened, up, um, have opened up some eyes this preseason in regards to, to, their, uh, to their potential. And they got a lot of work to do as well they're still making mistakes like we all are but we're just trying to coach them really hard and we'll see how they continue to develop as the season uh, as the season goes on all right thank you all have a great tuesday Okay, guys, it's going to do it for Shane Beamer. Appreciate you all tuning in. That's going to do it all for me as well. Hey, we got to get out of here. A lot to do. We got to record tomorrow's podcast. We got an interview upcoming with Brad Crawford at 3.30. Interview at 5 o'clock. Simulation at 7. A lot to do. So I know a little bit of a crazy TDC today, but uh, we'll be back all throughout the rest of the week taking your questions, your comments, and your calls. Guys, again, thank you all so much. Check out the Daily Crow on podcast form. If you did not catch the entire show today, I want to say thank you to Mark Ryan for joining us today as well. Um, fantastic conversation. And again, guys, thank you all so much for continuing to show love, support, everything else. The joy is truly in the journey, and I appreciate each and every single one of you. Guys, again, appreciate it. Uh, stay tuned to the podcast, the Daily Crow, the content, content bleeding out the eyeballs. Y'all have a great rest of your Tuesday. We will talk to you. Hey, tune in tonight for the final regular season, season simulation series against the Clemson Tigers. Y'all take care, guys. Appreciate y'all. We'll talk soon.